Welcome to the podcast for the First United Methodist Church, located in Round Rock, Texas. On this week's Sermon Series podcast, our Director of Student Ministries, Pastor Taylor Ory, talks to us about strength and courage that God gives us in new ventures and seasons of life. Taylor also asks us the question, what are we called to in this new year of 2023? Where are we called to make a difference? And who are we called to interact with as God lays out plans for us to grow his kingdom? Well, God says to him multiple times, be strong and courageous. And this sounds like great advice anytime you're sending someone into something, right? But God says to him, be strong and courageous. And the way he repeats it, it almost makes you think, maybe there's a reason Joshua might feel timid, where there was no way God made a way. He called us in and made a path. I want to challenge you a little bit as you're leaving today. Where is God calling you to in 2023? Who are the people God has called you to interact with? Where are the areas that he is calling you to dive into, to engage, to make a difference? A happy new year. All right, I gotta, I've asked all, all the services so far. I want to just get a show of hands real quick. Who made it willingly to midnight on New Year's Eve? That's pretty good. Actually, I think uh, I think the 8.30 crowd had them beat, to be honest. I was shocked. 8.30, like half the hand just... It was like, y'all, I didn't make it that far. <laughs> I made it to about 10.30, and that was New Year's enough for me. I figured when I woke up the next day, it was still going to be January 1st, okay? Anybody else do that? Okay. Jess and I have been married for eight years. We have made it to New Year's, midnight on New Year's, one time. Okay, and it was not by choice. We had a screaming baby, and we were just like, "Happy New Year!" (laughs) I may not be the like stay up till midnight kind of person on New Year's Eve, but I do love this season. Um, I would say New Year's is one of my favorite holidays. I put it right behind Thanksgiving and my birthday. Um, And yes, my birthday is a holiday. If you're questioning that, you obviously haven't spent time around me in March. March 11th, in case you guys are wondering and want to write that down. Uh, It's a whole month. It really is. Um, I actually go into different staff members' offices and cross off March and just write Taylor's birthday month on their calendars. That's that's true. Um, It's a joy to work with me, you know? (laughs) But anyways, I love... New Year's. I I love this season because I think it's this opportunity, this great opportunity for us to reflect back on the year that's been. Look at the ways that God has moved in our life. Look at the different things that have happened. Look at all that has gone into bringing us to where we are now. And then we get this cool opportunity to look and dream about the year to come and think about where am I going to be one year from now? We start doing things like making resolutions, making promises, and we work to fulfill them. I love this season because it's this unique opportunity to look back and forward at the same time. And and around this time every year, I am drawn back to my alma mater, Mary Harden Baylor. Um, (laughs) This is the alma mater for Mary Harden Baylor. Charles is being very gracious in playing it. But there is a line in the alma mater that says, ever thankful for our past and to the future, we will go. Ever thankful for our past into the future, we will go. And I think that's such a fitting sentiment for this time. Thank you, Charles. I'll give it up for Charles. 
when they tell you you have control over planning worship, they mean it, okay? (laughs) But I love that sentiment. Ever thankful for our past and to the future we will go. I think it's such a fitting sentiment for this time every year. Because every time we enter into New Year's, we are on the precipice of entering into a new year. On the oppor- giving the opportunity to jump into something new. If we look at the life of Joshua, we see one of these moments where he's on the verge of entering into something new. He has the opportunity to jump into something new. In the first six verses of the book of Joshua, It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land that I am going to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set foot. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon. And from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and courageous. These are the words that God commissions Joshua with as he takes the mantle of leadership. His first action as leader is going to be leading these people into the long-awaited promised land. Moses led them out of Egypt and in through the desert, and now it is Joshua's turn to lead. And God says the time is now to enter into the promised land. Be strong and courageous. These words pop up multiple times throughout the first chapter of the book of Joshua. It becomes kind of a calling card for Joshua. God says to him multiple times, be strong and courageous. And this sounds like great advice anytime you're sending someone into something, right? Be strong and courageous as you enter in this new venture. Be strong and courageous in your new job opportunity. But God says to him, be strong and courageous. And the way he repeats it, it almost makes you think, maybe there's a reason Joshua might feel timid, might want to shrink back. Maybe there's something that might cause him to have pause. And God is saying, don't fall into that. Be strong and courageous instead. In the life of Joshua, we know that there is potentially a reason for him to have pause entering into this new land. See, decades before, when he was still just a young man, Moses sent him and 11 others as spies into the Canaanite country. They knew that they had been promised this land by God. They knew it was supposed to be plentiful and bountiful and beautiful and everything they would need. But, They also know that when you have good land, other people want it. And there were other tribes that had settled there before them. God had told them, I will be with you as you go in and as you establish yourself in that land. But they sent in 12 spies to kind of take a survey and see how things looked. 
They wanted to hear the reports. Is the soil good? How is the rainfall? And maybe most importantly, what opposition will stand in our way? When the spies come back, they give this report that the land is beautiful and abundant. They bring back fruit for the people to see and try. And when they are asked, can we take this land? They say, oh, no. No, there there, there are giants in that land. The people that inhabit that land are stronger than us. And um, it wouldn't be a good idea to enter into that land. We should just leave it. This is the land God promised them. And they look at it and they say, "Uh, I don't think we can do it. We've heard the assurance of God. We've seen how he's led us out. But that I don't know about. That's the report of 10 of the 12 spies. And there are two spies that differ. Caleb and our guy Joshua. They don't doubt or dispute the claims that the enemy will be powerful, that the people living in that land will be large and strong. But instead, what they say is, with God with us, we will prevail. God is calling us into this situation. He is calling us into this land. And because he is calling us and because he goes with us, we will prevail. Be strong and courageous. The giants are nothing to God. Two years ago, I was in the principal's office over at C.D. Folks Middle School. Not for anything bad, I promise. It was good. I was there to have a meeting, actually. Um, I was meeting with Principal Cothran, who was one of the new principals over at C.D. Folks. She invited us in, and we were talking about ways that our church could partner with their school and continue working with them and their students and their families in our community. For the last several years, we had been working with them. Uh, We had engaged in a couple different projects. We had um, helped to landscape their campus. We had renovated one of their bathrooms. Uh, Our Methodist men partnered with them on an aluminum can drive. I had served on the site-based committee as a community representative. We had been involved in their campus, but being perfectly honest, when we started working with CD folks, we were dreaming of something different. We wanted to work directly with students, and our opportunities for that hadn't popped up the way we thought they would. And so going into that meeting, I was excited to continue into the things that we had already talked about, but I was also hoping that opportunities for us to engage students in a new way would pop up. We talked throughout that meeting and continue, decided to continue on in our efforts, but one of the things that popped up that it kind of just springboarded into something great was Principal Cawthorn and I started talking about our, our appreciation and the importance that we put on middle school leadership development, allowing middle school students at an early age to realize who they are and who God has called them to be and give them opportunities that are meaningful and important for them to serve and lead others. We had a shared passion about it. And of course, we go about it in different ways, being in very different locations. But one of the things I mentioned to her is for the last couple of years, we had been running a middle school leadership development class. And what we saw from that class is that the students that went through it were more equipped for leadership at a younger age. They were taking on bigger responsibilities. They were taking on bigger projects. And I threw it out there to her, I think we could do that at CD Folks. 
That same project that we've been working on, that same initiative that we've been doing at our church, we could do something like that here. It may not look the exact same, but we could do something like that. I threw it out there, just got to put the cards on the table. And I was shocked because she actually said, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. You know, you ever throw something out there thinking there's no way they actually say yes. That's what I was doing. Okay. I was throwing that out there. Keep in mind, this is July of 2021. We are a church working with a public school. They weren't letting parents into lunches yet, but they said, you guys can come in. We want you here. We want you doing this. Walking out of that meeting, I I kept pinching myself thinking, did they really say yes? They were stepping out in faith with us just as much as we were with them. But we got the green light to launch the leadership club over at CD Folks, and we were going to meet on Tuesday afternoons after school got out for an hour. We would put out the sign-up, and whoever wanted to sign up could, could join in, and we would go over there and have a little lesson. Um, we had to modify the curriculum that we were using a little bit because, of course, doing it at a church and doing it at a school is going to have a, light, a little bit different focus. We went in there saying we're not going to try to overly push boundaries with them because we knew what they were doing with us. But we also believe that through our involvement, faith conversations may pop up. We were excited to launch our first meeting, and uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Our first meeting was not the way we thought it would start. We had grand visions. Just like anytime you start something new, you think, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. And sometimes it just isn't. That first meeting was awkward and difficult and painful. We had two girls that showed up, and I remember looking at their eyes and (laughs) looking at them and thinking, they would rather be anywhere but here right now, okay? And so I'm trying to get through everything as quick as possible. The lesson didn't hit. Computer's not working. It was a mess, and I must have been walking out of there with my head down because I'm walking through the principal's office, and I hear Principal Cawthorn yell out, it'll grow. Keep coming. It'll grow. And I'm like, You have more faith than I do right now. (laughs) Going home that day, I got a chance to kind of reflect back and think over. And and I realized that, yes, there were going to have to be some things that changed with that club. In order for it to meet the goals that we had set, in order for us to be active and engaging that community, we were going to have to change some things that we did. But we got two things right. Number one, We told them what time we would be there, and we showed up. We delivered on that promise. And I believe that's hugely important in establishing trust. We said we're going to be there, and we were there. They may not have wanted to be there with us, but we were there. And the second thing, and I I cannot stress this enough, I think the most important thing that we did right that first meeting, we brought food. Okay, 20 minutes before we, get, we were supposed to be there, I had a little bit extra time. I'm like, I'm going to go run through Round Rock Donuts. I'm going to grab a dozen donuts, and we're just going to see what happens. I am so thankful that for once in my life, I was running ahead of schedule and had time to go pick up those donuts because I do not know what would have happened if we would have a club had it not been for us getting donuts. I think that was the only reason those two students came back the next week, Okay. 
So I said, okay, we did a lot of things that we were going to change. We got to be back there in a week. And we know two things work, showing up and bringing food. So we're just going to keep doing that and figure out the other stuff as we go. We're kind of building the boat as we're sailing kind of deal. So the next week, we brought donuts. The week after that, we brought pizza and nachos. Every single week, we made a resolution that we are going to show up and we're going to bring food. The lessons will get better. We'll get to know this community more. We're going to show up and bring food. And eventually what happened is kids started realizing that if they went to the conference room at 3.30 on Tuesday afternoons, there was free food in there. And that changed everything. Slowly, we began to build relationships with students that would come in the door. They would come in and ask, hey, can I have a donut? I'd say, sure, you can have a donut today. Let's see if you can stay next week. Oh, okay. And some of them would. A lot of them would forget. But hey, they came in. We had conversations. We're building relationships. I remember one of my favorite moments that first semester is I was walking in with two boxes of pizza. And I'm walking towards our classroom. And there's this group of sixth grade boys that is passing me. And all of a sudden, I turn back, and they're behind me. And I look back, I said, where are y'all going? And one of the the boys, his name was Travis, goes, well, that depends on where you're going with the pizza. Come on, let's go get pizza. We built relationships with students. And they started coming in for the food, but they would stay because of how they felt because they felt somebody valued them and made time for them. They felt that somebody cared. They, they were constantly astounded when they would ask, why are you doing this? They said, well, we're a church and we care about you. And they go, really? Yeah, we care. We want to be here. That small group of two quickly grew to outgrow the room. We had to be moved to a larger classroom for our second semester because we were averaging way more students than seats. And so we moved to a larger classroom. By the end of that year, we had had 37 different students stay at least one week for club. And that's not counting the number of students that would come in and grab a donut, have a conversation before going to another club, before going to tutorials. We had dozens and dozens and dozens of relationships that we built during that time. And because of those relationships, God opened doors that we previously did not see. We were able to lean in and minister to families that we had never interacted with. This church helped to support and carry families through some tough times last year. Helped to make Christmas and Thanksgiving possible for families that we hadn't had conversations with yet. And soon people began to realize we were here and we cared. Since then, we've seen several of those students actually make the journey over to our campus. We still go over there consistently. We've seen several students come over here because they know that when they get here, they will feel the same way they do over there, loved and valued and appreciated. We had one of our girls that came to that first meeting, she decided to stay. She's been incredibly regular, nearly there every single week over the last two years. She brought her dad this summer to an event we had. And she came up to me and she said, hey, uh, my dad wants to stay. He didn't get a chance to eat dinner, but I told him that y'all always have pizza. So can we get him a plate? Absolutely, we can get him a plate. 
This past year, we decided to launch into a new venture with them. We had said, you know, we did the leadership club and that was great for that season, but we feel the call that God wants us to engage students in service. And so we launched the service club, which gives students an opportunity at CD Folks to engage in missional efforts in our community. The students over there have partnered with the Wise Owls Initiative, Down Home Ranch, the Round Rock Serving Center, and some missions at this church. They have made teacher appreciation bags and joining us in that. And through those opportunities, conversations about faith are popping up. They may happen in different ways than we thought they would. They may happen with different motivations, different settings. But faith conversations are happening as a result of the relationships over at CD Folks. One of the opportunities that opened up this year is, is truly one of my favorite things to do every single week. And that is that I get to go into CD Folks Middle School on Mondays and serve as a lunch monitor for sixth, seventh, and eighth grade lunch. I get to walk around and have conversations with students, administrators, and staff. And yes, it is loud. I am pretty sure I have hearing damage after going over there every single week. But in that chaos, relationships are forming, and it's beautiful to see. Every single time we walk in that building, we get this sense, this is where God wants us to be. This is exactly where God has called us to be. But if you had told me three years ago that this is where we would be, I would not believe you. I started working with CD Folks in 2018. 2018. It was one of my first things that I got to do as a member of the staff of this church is go over there and ask them, how can we be involved? And we started jumping into a couple different initiatives. We always had the plans of working with students, but for years and years and years, it just seemed like the opportunities that we wanted weren't popping up. We had opportunities to serve, but they weren't what we were thinking. And after a year and a half of hitting brick walls, I started to believe the giants were bigger. I started to look and say, you know what, maybe, maybe it's not so such a good idea for us to be spending all this energy and time trying to get in there because we could be doing something else. To be honest, this was my own frustration, thinking we could just get in there and get involved, and it wasn't working the way I wanted it to. And so I slowly started to look for other opportunities at other places. I'd say, we'll continue doing what we're doing, of course. We want to continue serving, but maybe, maybe we're called to be somewhere else. I didn't truly feel that in my heart but I could justify it and say the giants were too big. And about the time that that happened, about the time I kind of adopted that mindset, I get this email from the administrative staff over at CD Folks. They said, we want you to come in. We want you to have a meeting. And we want to talk to you and your church about how we can partner together in reaching kids in this community. where there was no way God made a way. And all of a sudden with that email, those giants that seemed so big 
looked like that. God moved and made a way. He called us in and made a path. And we are incredibly grateful and thankful for the opportunity to partner with CD folks because I will tell you this, it makes us all better. It has changed the way that I do ministry. It has changed the opportunities that I look at and the way that I see our community. And I am so, so thankful and grateful to get those opportunities, but it is truly God that opened that path for us to come in. As you go out today, I wanna ask you a question. You know, that's, that's my favorite part of getting to do this is I get to share something and then I get to challenge you. And so I want to challenge you a little bit as you're leaving today. I want to ask you this. Where is God calling you to in 2023? I know we haven't even been into the new year for 12 hours and that's a deep question, but where is God calling you in 2023? I have a feeling that some of you already may know the answer to that question. It may be something that God has laid on your heart. Others of you might find it later, but for some of you, you may already be thinking about it. Who are the people God has called you to interact with? Where are the areas that he is calling you to dive into, to engage, to make a difference? What about those areas scares you? What are the giants in those paths? Where are the areas that God is telling you to be strong and courageous and to follow him? God does not call us to stand on the precipice of something. He calls us to walk in and we go with him. As you go into 2023, I pray that you lean into those areas. I pray that they scare you a little bit, but I pray that you remember that when we go with God in the areas that he calls, he is faithful. He does not forsake us and he leads the way. And to him, the giants are nothing. I pray that you are strong and courageous as you follow God this year. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for who you are. God, when the mountains seem too tall, we know that you are bigger. God, we are thankful for the way that you lead us in love. And we are thankful for the way that you call us out of our comfort zone to engage in different communities around the world. God, give us strength and give us courage as we follow you and remind us that wherever we go, we go with you. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon series podcast from First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. For more information, you can find us online at fumc-rr.org or find us on social media at fumcrr.org.